in the house today. He alone is worthy. Amen. Of the glory, he is worthy of the honor and praise in this house here this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. So good to, to feel his touch and to feel his presence in this house here today. Amen. I tell you, amen, uh, if you didn't come to these altars already, amen, to receive what God had for, has for you, amen. I, I just feel like the Lord's not quite done yet today, though. I would feel satisfied if I went home right now, but I just, I know that God's not done yet. God's not through yet here in this house today. There's some more, something more for somebody in this house here today. And, and I don't know about you, I just, I feel a sense of heaviness. I feel a sense of heaviness in this place and, and kind of like the skies or the atmosphere, it can only hold so much moisture. It can only hold so much, amen, and then, and then the clouds begin to swell up and the rain begins to pour out, amen. I, and I feel, amen, in my spirit that there's a, a, maybe a sense of heaviness in this house, and if we can just pour ourselves out to God and begin to open up our hearts and let the wells of living water begin to rain down in our hearts and our lives here this, in this place, you know, that's what God is looking for. God is looking for somebody that's willing to open themselves up to God so God can pour out His blessing in somebody's heart, in somebody's life here in this place today. We may be waiting on God to do something in this house, but God is waiting on somebody that's willing to say, Yes, God, I'm here. I'm available. I'm willing, amen, for you to do whatever you desire to do in my heart, in my walk, in my life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you come here with a sense of heaviness, God is here. You can cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you here this morning. Amen. We have, a, we have an advocate. We have a God. We have somebody that we can cast and give ourselves and our hearts and our lives, and I'm so thankful for that. Amen. If it weren't for the Lord who's on my side, where would I be? Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like for my wife to come here uh, this morning, and uh, uh, I, as Pastor Windsor asked for me to speak, I've been searching in my heart, and I, I thought I had something from the Lord, and God turned, changed my mind about 20 different times late last night, amen, but as I began to speak and, and talk to my wife, I, I told her what I, the direction I felt, and she said, you know, I was going to tell you to preach that message, <laughs> amen, she helps me every now and then. A lot of times, can I say this? A lot of times the voice of the Lord sounds a lot like my wife. Amen. She helps me out in ministry. Amen. And I feel like the Lord has a word. But first of all, I want her to come and testify and to sing a song, whatever she feels on her heart. Everybody say, God bless Sister Glick. Let's give that to God. God deserves it. Um, I don't know about anyone else to hear, or here today, but um, I've had a hard week. I've had a hard week. God showed me that there's a couple of strongholds, and nobody likes to be on the potter's wheel. No one likes to have that exposed, stuff that I thought I got rid of a long time ago. But the depression crept up. And I want to let someone know that God can get rid of that for you, too. And thank God for my husband. I, we talked, and we both were up at 4 o'clock yesterday morning. And I was just, I told him, I feel like I'm drowning, and no one can get me out. And he started to speak to me, and God's word, I've just been, thank God for Sister Haney, that book on strongholds, my Lord. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds. And God can do that for all of us, for all of us, if you'll let him. And one thing that the book said was, sometimes it's those that are closest to us, because those are the ones that will touch us, that brings the pain, but they're the ones that... God uses to reveal those things that we, that he can't use. He needs to get out. So this morning, last night we heard about Brother Ray, and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be here in, Cal in Virginia. We were in California. And um, it just, I, I sang the song for the first time under his ministry, and I, I pray it ministers to someone. I, I just want to bless God this morning because he's worthy of everything. Yes.
Thank you, Lord. Come on. Can somebody adore him in this house? Can somebody lift him up? Can somebody praise him through the rain? Can somebody worship him through the storm? Can somebody give him praise through the fire? Hallelujah. Can somebody see beyond the valley today and look into the hills where cometh your help? For your help is going to come. I said it's going to come from the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, you got to give him praise. You got to give him glory. You got to lift him up. You got to worship him. You got to, hallelujah, extol him and exalt him. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house today? Hallelujah. Lord, we love you, God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand here this morning. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord here today. Amen. You got to get while the getting's good or what you could have gotten's going to get up and go. Hallelujah. While the Spirit of the Lord is here, amen, that's the time to, to get all you need from the Lord. When, while the Spirit is working, while the Spirit is moving, while you feel the Holy Ghost, amen, going through the pulpit to the pew, that's whenever you can get your blessing. That's when I want to encourage somebody, you need to just go ahead and kick it into high gear and worship Him and praise Him. Do what you got to do to get the attention of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And when you lift Him up, hallelujah, His glory will fall in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to turn our attention in the Word of God to the book of Amos. Amen. Chapter 7 and verse 8. And while you're turning, I do want to say we love brother and sister Windsor. Amen. We, they are so dear unto us, and we have so been, just been thrilled and privileged to be a part of this great work in Leesburg for, during this past year, if you can believe that. Amen. We love them dearly. Not only is he my pastor, he's also part of my church board now. Amen. He's, I don't know why he accepted. <laughs> I don't know why. Amen. But we're so thankful he's on our side. Amen. He's with us. And we're so glad the Lord is with us. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us in the name of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. I don't know what somebody's been going through here, here during this past week or during this past month. I don't, it may feel like you've been tore up from the floor up. Maybe it seems like you're going through a trial, a tribulation, a situation in your life. Maybe you're looking for direction. Amen. Maybe there's some questions going up uh, between you and God that only you and God know about. Amen. But I want to tell somebody here today that God's hand is still on you. I want to share with somebody that he is still with you. Amen. And I, and I want to encourage somebody to keep on praying and keep on pressing and to keep on plowing, to keep on praising, to, to keep on giving him everything that you have to him. Amen. And, and, in, and in his due season, amen, you're going to reap, amen, those seeds that you have sown unto God. Amen. So keep on plowing. You may not see the light yet. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. It may be a season of heaviness. Amen. But God is going to use you. God is going to uh, uh, supply you into a greater dimension, going to bring you to a higher place, amen, to, to use you like never before. But you got to weather the season. You got to weather the moment.
The enemy is an expert of weapons of mass distraction. He's going to do whatever he can to trip you up, to throw you up, amen, to, to, to get you confused, to get you uh, down and out, amen. But, but I'm here to tell you, somebody, that God is for you. God is with you. God is in the house today. Don't look, don't look on the situation and how it looks around you. Can I lift somebody's faith up here today and say, don't look around, but just look up unto him. Because in the due season, you may not see what tomorrow holds, but God knows. God has it in him. His hands here this morning. Amen. I don't want to preach my message before I preach my message. The text, uh, Amos chapter 7 and verse 8 says this. Let me move forward. It says, And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. Uh, then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. And the land is not able to bear all of his words. Sometimes it just seems like everything goes against you. Amen. Verse 11 says, For thus Amoth said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go, flee thy way into the land of Judah, and there eat bread, and prophesy there. But prophesy not again anymore at Bethel. For it is the king's chapel, and it is the, the king's court. Then answered Amos and said unto Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. Everybody say, a gatherer of sycamore fruit. Amen. If you'll allow me just for a brief moment, hallelujah, I'm going to preach on a subject, bruised to be used. Bruised to be used. Why don't we just put our Bibles down? And I know, I don't know your situations. I don't know what may be going on in your life. But I just feel like we need to hear from God here today. There are hearts and lives that they need a touch. They need a word. They need encouragement. They need to know that God is on their side. Amen. Let's lift up our hearts and our hands in this house. Amen. Let's pray that God begin to move and to work. Amen. In this house here this morning. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word that will never return void. We thank you, Lord, for the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And I pray, God, here today, Lord, we're not leaning today upon our own understanding, but we're here in this house acknowledging you, God, knowing that you will direct our paths, knowing that you will make a way of escape, knowing that you God are for us and not against us and I pray God let your word go forth here today God give me the words to say to your people God I pray strengthen your people touch hearts and lives God in this house here this morning God I pray let your perfect work be done in this house God in this place today in the name of Jesus we pray and amen hallelujah why don't we just give the Lord another hand clap of praise in this house Amen. Why don't you turn to somebody and say, it's bruised to be used. Amen. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for being uh, standing for so long. But the, pro the prophet Amos and the prophet Joel are the minor prophets, two of the minor prophets that are the most pertinent to the church. These two prophets together give a complete view of the church. We all can quote the prophet Joel and his timeless prophecy during the Holy Ghost quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost during his sermon when he said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, Amos, on the other hand, 
He presents the church by picture as a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Peter used this imagery in his first epistle in 1 Peter 2 and 9 when he said, But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. These were, uh, there were similarities and differences between the life and the prophecies of, of Joel and of those of Amos. Amen. The similarities, not more than a century separated periods of both of these prophetic activities. They had even possibly looked at each other in the face. They were both men of God. They were both natives of the same land, and they were both commissioned to preach to the same people. But their differences far outweighed their similarities. Joel was a, a tender man, a civil man. But Amos, he was a rough man. He was a, a severe man. Joel's words were those of a cultured citizen, while Amos's words came from the poor of the people, and his language was much simpler, and it was much stronger, and, and it was far more keen and cutting, and it came from the heart of a man who had been down the road. Joel was a child of the town. He was a, a city slicker of sorts, and, but Amos was a child of the countryside. He was summoned from the spade and from the goad to preach to the educated ranks of men. But let me put it like this. Joel was all fire and all revival. And we need that in the church. We got to have that in the church. We must have that in a church to keep it alive and to, to keep it afresh. But there is also another side to the making of the church. Sometimes we got to have that rough side. Sometimes we got to have somebody that's willing to speak straight to our heart. Give us a little rough talk, if you will, to tell us, amen, that heaven is real and hell is real, amen. And we got to live right and we got to live holy. We got to live separated unto God, amen. We need both revival and we need somebody to set a street sometimes. Amen. And God used both men. He greatly used both prophets. But my message today is not about Amos, this poor. It's about Amos, this poor, uneducated herdsman. The Bible says that Amos was a gatherer of sycamore fruit, a fig-like fruit. According to the treasury of scriptural knowledge, it's a, ga a gatherer meant that they were more appropriately called a, a bruiser of sycamore fruit. You see, the bruiser of sycamore fruit, he would carry a steel comb to touch the fruit that would leave it bruised. And in about four days, you could, you could then pick it for harvest. But the fruit would never ripen until it was first bruised. And once it ripened, it didn't stay sweet long, so it had to be used immediately. If left unbruised, the fruit from the sycamore was no good. You had to throw it away. And I believe that God is showing us through the, through the life of Amos that the bruises of life will come. It may be noontime now, but midnight's coming. There may be sunshine now, but there will be clouds that will come along the horizon. Your life may be candy and rainbows right now, but, but candy gets sticky and rainbows quickly disappear. Or in other words, you may have happiness now, but tears will flow in your life someday. The Bible says that the rain's going to fall on the just and on the unjust. I'm not here to, to, pe to preach doom and gloom here this morning, but is it all right if I just do a little preventative uh, preaching here in this house here today? Amen. For Amos is but a type or a perfect example of our God in that God bruises us sometimes. But he always does it for a purpose. He always does it for a reason. There may be some that are going through or have just gone through some of the bruising processes in your life. Maybe it's a death of a loved one. Maybe, maybe a child has disappointed you. Maybe a, a friend has betrayed you. Or maybe you've experienced a financial reversal. Or maybe divorce has come across your life. But bruises come to us in all shapes and all sizes. So I want to talk just for a moment about the bruising process. 
I've been bruised. I've been hurt. And I've seen too many folks leave the church because they've been bruised. Or because they've been hurt. Or because they they don't understand what God is trying to do in their lives in that moment. But I want to encourage somebody here to let you know, to let somebody know that all, somebody say all things, all things work together for what? For good to them that love God and them that are called according to His purpose. You may think what you're going through is bad. You may feel like it's, it's hard to bear. You may believe that God don't care here today. You may feel like the psalmist when he said that they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. But I'm here to tell somebody here in this house today to those that they'll point unto them that born in Zion to give unto them the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise under the spirit of heaviness that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Somebody's going to come out of the fire. Like Joseph when he said in Genesis 50, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it for good, amen, to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people. Can I say your trial is greater than yourself? Can I say what you're going through right here today, it's, it's, it, it's, there's more to it than, it's more than just you. It's not just about you. It's about the people you're going to touch. It's about the people you're going you're to help save. It's about the people you're going to help minister to. It's about the people that God's going to refine you to become greater, to reach more than what you could have uh, before. It's not, it's not just about you, but it's about what God is going to be doing through you. My God. How can you say that, Joseph? Why can you say that, Joseph? How can you say that, Joseph? You see, Joseph could only stand after the trial. I don't think he rightly understood in the middle of it. But he too found that all things worked together for good that loved God and that was called according to his purpose. Joseph didn't understand that after, until after the trial. And we like to complain about our trials, don't we? And that's okay as long as we're talking to pastor and not to everybody else. <laughs> Amen. We like to we like to complain about our trials, about what we're going through. Amen. Uh, we like to, but Joseph didn't just go through the trial, but he was he was in the trial and he was found guilty, even though he was innocent and he was thrown in jail. But Joseph kept his faith. Joseph kept his integrity. Joseph, he didn't get better. He didn't hang up his heart in a willow tree, amen. But Joseph kept his faith, his hope, his confidence in God, amen. And you may feel like nothing may be going your way. You may feel like you're falsely accused or you may feel like the doors are shut behind you and you can't get out of the situation that you're in, like the prison doors that, that wrap themselves around Joseph's life. But can I say, deliverance is coming, Joseph. Freedom is coming, Joseph. The dream not dead, Joseph. God's going to work in you much greater than you can imagine. This isn't about you, Joseph. It's about, it's about your family. It's about your church. It's about your nation. It's about those that you're going to help save. There's a greater purpose in you that God wants to work. That's greater than the opportunities that you see around yourself today. And today, you may be beaten, bruised, battered, and blistered. You may feel tore up from the floor up. You may feel beat down from the tip of your crown. You may feel bruised, used, misused, and confused. But God wants to give somebody here in this house the victory today. God wants to show his glory, and he wants to tell you his story. Amen. God wants to show himself and approve himself strong in your life here in this house. Now, even in the middle of a valley, even in the middle of a prison, amen, even in the middle of walls enclosed around you, God's going to work a victory. God's going to open up those doors. God's going to provide new opportunity. God's 
God's going to give you favor. God's going to give you favor in Leesburg. God's going to give you favor in your family. God's going to give you favor on your workplace. Amen. And you're going to be amazed about what God is going to do in your life. But you've got to hold fast. Because you're bruised to be used. Can I say that God trusts you to be bruised? Can I say that God's confidence is in you to go through the bruising process? He's not, he's not, he's not a father. He's not an abusive father. He's trying to make something out of us. He's trying to put, do something, putting us on the potter's wheel, and he's, he's going to make something glorious. There's something about the potter's wheel. If there was a crack in that pot, he'd turn back around, he'd break it all over again. Then he'd heat it back up. Then he'd melt it all back down. Then he'd put it on that potter's wheel again. Then he'd wet it. So many times I'm on that potter's wheel, amen, the only thing I found wet on my pot is my tears. Crying before the Lord, God, what are you doing? Lord, what direction are you have for me? God, you gave me a dream. God, you gave me a purpose. God, I know there's revival in Warrington. God, I know there's things that are going to happen in Warrington. God, I, but I don't see the doors open yet. I don't see the things moving like I feel like they're going to move. God, I don't understand. Can I just tell somebody, amen, be on that potter's wheel. Let God refine you. Let God make you so when, when you're ready, amen, God's going to start pouring. God's going to start feeling, and that cup's going to begin to overflow onto those other parts of those other people around you in your city, in your community, right where you're at, but you've got to endure the bruising process. You've got to weather the bruising process. I want you to notice that it's the bruiser that decides when the fruit was ready. The bruiser of sycamore fruit would watch the trees. He'd pick the right moment and decide when the fruit was ready to be bruised. The fruit was always bruised on purpose and never accidentally. And that's the way God is. He decides when we are to be bruised, and it's always for our own good. Let us just think about hands for a moment. In Scripture, hands are symbolic of activity and security such as who shall ascend into the heel of the Lord, those who have, have the clean hands. Amen. Hands symbolize your activity. Those that have clean activity, or if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. If you're doing an activity that offends your Christian walker or that of a brother, cut it out, cut that activity out in your life. Pilate, wishing to assert his innocence, did not say, my conduct is reproachless, but he called for a basin of water and he washed his hands to signify, I, I didn't do anything, to signify my activity wasn't involved in this. And this is true of the hands of men. I believe that it's equally true of the hands of the Lord. When Christ was resurrected and was offering proof of his resurrection, he didn't say, behold my head or behold my heart, but he said, behold my hands. From the cross, he prayed to, he prayed to God, into, into thy hands I commend my spirit. We are in his hands for security, for touch, for activity, and one to touch those mighty hands. Well, just one touch of those mighty hands can change any life. It can change any circumstance. Amen. But you have to have the trust of the hands of your creator, of the bruiser. Have you ever considered the power of just touching him. I know we preached about that a lot. There, there are so many instances in Scripture where people are, are healed when they, they touch the Master or they're blessed or they receive their miracle. And, and that all makes for some great sermons. But how do I reach him today? How do I find him today? How do I, how do I touch him today? In Hebrews 4 and 15, we are told that our high priest can be touched with what? With, with the feelings of our of our infirmities. What am I what you might well, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that that if you're bruised, if you're hurt, if if you have an infirmity, you have an opportunity here this morning that not everybody has. 
You have something available to you that you can take to God that you may not have had, amen, a, a year ago, that you may not have had, amen, uh, two years ago, amen, but you have an opportunity to hear to touch God through your infirmity. But it's so easy to get out of touch with Him. Touch suggests to me a, a nearness. When we walk in dark places or in dangerous paths, it means so much to, to have the one, to have the touch of the one who is near or, or, or the one of whom that can be trusted or the one in whom we can absolutely rely upon. We are in His hands. And everything that happens to us, amen, is all in His hands. John the Baptist forgot this. And he sent the question from the prison cell. He said, are you the one that should come or should we look for another? It's always when you're in the prison you begin to question things. Jesus replied not with a simple yes, but with, tell John that the blind eyes are open. The lame are made to walk. The captives have been set free. The poor have, have the gospel preached to them. In other words, I have it all in my hands, John. Just look at my hands. You and I must learn to accept the bruising of God with the assurance that it's all in His hands today. And when God bruises, get ready. He's getting ready to use you. I'm not talking about five years down the road. I'm not talking about ten years down the road. Whenever you feel like you're the mature Christian, I'm talking about whenever you go through something, you get ready almost immediately. God is getting ready to use you for something. God is going to use you for something bigger and better than what you thought you were going to go through. Amen. Hallelujah. We got, we just, I, I haven't shared this yet. We got our first two contacts in Warrington this week. But it was right after we had the darkest night in a long time. Amen. The enemy was trying to come in and steal our joy. He was trying to come in and steal our victory. But lo and behold, God had a bigger plan. He turned around and showed up and laid two people in our lap. Amen. Now, they're, we're not coming to their house. They're coming to our house on, on October. They're coming to our house. They're open for fellowship. They said we're looking for a church. They, they said we're looking for something like this. This is great. Amen. But it was birthed through a bruising. Through a bruising. It was birthed through a process. Amen. You and I must learn to accept the bruising of God with the assurance that it's all in His hands. And when God bruises, He does use. He is the one who decides when the fruit is ready. He is the one that decides. Do you know what we need to do? We need to learn to praise God no matter what the circumstance. Amen. It's easy to praise God when the sun's shining, but it's harder to praise Him when there are clouds around. It's easy to praise in a noontime, but I know sometimes it's harder to praise at midnight. It may seem easy to praise God in the good times and harder in the bad, but we need to learn to worship. We need to learn to give God praise no matter what. We need to praise God no matter when. We need to praise God no matter who is around. Amen. We need to, because when we praise God, we are accepting that good things are coming our way. When we begin to worship God, we begin to accept God for who He is, not because what He has done, but because of who He is and what He's going to do. And I just have to believe that God has something big. I still have a dream. I still have a burden. I still have a passion that God is going to do something wonderful. When we, when we acknowledge God and give Him the praise, we are acknowledging the, the bruiser and we, are, we will be ripe for the harvest. We win. When we begin to praise Him, we are acknowledging that there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper, that all those that rise up against us shall fall. When we begin to praise Him, we're saying, the greater is He that is still in me than He that is in the world. Hallelujah. When we begin to praise Him, amen, there is nothing that can stop you. My God, my God, my God. When the fruit was bruised, immediately it became soft. Immediately it became soft. We have seen so many people who were hard and then, and then tragedy befell them and they were softened. God takes his time and he watches for his chance to begin to bruise us in our lives. He will we will answer to God one day for how we go through what he places in our path. 
God's grace is the most wonderful thing that you can imagine that God needs to have on occasion, amen, to show His grace in each and every one of our lives. He must have, he must have a case to point to for each and every one of us. Amen. A lawyer goes through law school, but you never know what he has learned until he has a case. A degree or a piece of paper means nothing. A doctor goes to medical school and gets all the learning that he can, but you never know what he has learned until he has a case. That's the way it is with God. You, you will know nothing of the grace of God or of the love of God or of the power of God until God presents his case in your life, until God brings across through something, until God, amen, gives you the test, until God, amen, gives you the challenge, amen. There has been a bruising so that God can point and say, this is what I am to you in your life. I may be a healer, I may be a provider, I may be a comforter, I may be a banner, I may be a mediator, I may be an advocate, but God will prove himself on what he is to you in your life through the bruising process. Paul had his thorn in the flesh so that he could find out that God's grace was sufficient for him. Paul would have never have known that if God had not made his case. You know, a little girl who lost her parents had to live with her aunt. She asked her aunt, she said, why did God make me like the way I am? The aunt replied, she said, oh, he has not made you. He is making you. And you can't argue with the process. Imagine the stone complaining to the sculptor that the chisel hurts. And it leaves great marks and scars. The sculptor would reply, you are, you are only a shapeless stone. But when I am finished with you, you will become a masterpiece. So we have the, the bruising, the painful trials, and, and it, is the, it is possible that God is trying to make something greater of each and every one of us. We need to see, we need to understand this morning that we must bleed in order to bless. A candle has to give of itself in order to produce light. Water has to be boiled in order to produce steam. Wheat has to be ground and pound before it becomes flour. Grapes have to be crushed in order to produce wine. And we have to have times of brokenness in our lives to really have the kind of life that God wants to produce, the kind of quality, the kind of savorness, the kind of maturedness, the kind of growth, the kind of uh, relationship with God that He wants for us in our lives. We must be bruised. Dave, David said in the 23rd, 23rd Psalm, he says that He maketh me to lie down. Once a lady was visiting a land where shepherding was common and she saw a lamb off to one side hobbling along. She asked the shepherd, what's the matter with that sheep? said he had a broken leg. Shepherd replied, she said, how did that happen? He said, well, I broke it myself. She, she thought how cruel that was. He said, no, I, I did it for its own good. You see, that was, a, that was a wild sheep. He was always drifting off. I feared that he was going to go over a precipice, go over the cliff because he never came when I called him. I had to break his legs to keep him in one place. First day when I went to feed him, he tried to bite my hand. Then he took the food and now he licks my hand. And when his leg is healed, there will not be a sheep anywhere in the fold as responsive to the master's voice. When God bruises, he does use. Sometimes God has to slow us down to make us more responsive and submissive unto him. He has to make us, if I can put it like this, he has to make us lie down when the pastures are green in our lives. You might be asking, what's going on around me? Everything seems to be going, I don't understand it. I'm doing all the good I can. God's just bruising you because he trusts you. The psalmist said, lead me to the rock. One translation says, Lord, give me a good stiff climb so I can get a higher view. Hallelujah. We must let the trials do us good immediately 
even while we are going through them. When did Joshua see God? It was just before he went to Canaan. When did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego see God? It was when they were in the fiery furnace. When did the disciples see Jesus after his crucifixion? They saw him when they, when they were behind the closed doors from fear. When did Stephen see Jesus? He saw him when he was being stoned. When did Paul see Jesus when he was stoned and, and left for dead at Lystra? Who can better talk of grace than someone who is going through the middle of a trial? Who can better talk of God's sufficiency than somebody that's currently in want? In reading David's Psalms, I was stirred not only by the words, but by the background and circumstances of the Psalms. David did not write them on the mountaintop. It was, it was when David was hungry that he wrote about God's provision. It was when David was weak that he wrote about God's strength. It was when David, when he was sad that he could say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. It was when he was lonely that he talked about where, where can I go from thy presence. It was when he was in danger that he talked about God's protection. It was, it was when, we, when we need to sing the same great songs from the depths of our heart. That's when we need to, we need to face the same situations. Amen. But it's only those that have gone through the trial, that went through the bruising process that God is going to prove to use them for great things. Once the fruit was bruised, it had to be eaten immediately. If it was not eaten immediately, it became bitter. If it was not used, it became bitter. Hard times bring bitterness. Can I say this? God don't eat bitter fruit. Just take a walk through your garden. If you step on flowers, they're going to perfume the garden. If you step on the path, the garden will only grow harder. So the trials of life harden. They harden some, but they make others all the sweeter, all the better. Bruises are meant to make you sweeter or to make you better. The psalmist said, in Psalms 119, that it's good for me to have been in trouble. Here's a man looking back on all his yesterdays. It, it, it has not been altogether through green pastures and besides still waters. There, there have been canyons. There, there were mountains in his life. There, there, there has been more uh, than one tempest in his life. But, but he looks back and he says, all of this has been for my good. So he stands on that narrow strip of today and makes an announcement. He says, there is something I want to tell you. When God says, my grace is sufficient, it is true. When God is underneath, uh, uh, when God says underneath are the everlasting arms, it is true. Underneath the transitory is the intransitory. Underneath the mutable is the immutable. Underneath the temporal is the eternal. All because God allowed trouble to come across my life. When God bruises, He intends to use. If you're going through some things, say thank God. Thank God that you have chosen me. I remember, let me, I know I'm, I'm getting long-winded here, but let me say this. I remember my life, I was a teenager, and my parents were divorced. My mom had declared bankruptcy. We were evicted out of our house. I didn't have, uh, I went to live with my friend uh, in, in high school, and I was trying to do everything right, Pastor Windsor. I was trying to live for God, and I saw all my other friends who were not living for God in church, amen, and it seemed like they were, they were getting the college scholarships, they were, they were doing great things, they, were, uh, they seemed to be like the blessed, and I went up to my youth pastor and I said, why? Why am I going through this? What is happening in my life? What am I doing wrong? And he looked at me. And he just said this. I never forgot it. He said, he said, he said, Josh, he said, you're, you're, just, you're just awesome. And I'm not saying that to, but I looked at him, I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, because God wouldn't put anything on you and you can't bear. He said, if God would have, God would have put this on, on somebody, these other kids, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be going to this church. They wouldn't be trying to serve the Lord. 
But God's entrusted you with a great responsibility of suffering. God has trusted you with a great opportunity to be bruised. Why? Amen. Because he wants to use you. He told me then, he said, he said, he said, Josh, he said, the Lord wants you to reach thousands. And I haven't seen that as of yet today. But I'm holding on to that promise, Sister Windsor. I'm holding on to it. And, and was that my only trial in life? My God, no. I've been bruised. I've been bruised and beat up. and be, uh, Hallelujah. But I tell you what, amen, after each process, amen, we can turn back around and we can see the handiwork of God beginning to move immediately in our life. Of God is saying, hey, and we didn't become bitter. We didn't hang up our towel. We didn't say forget this. No, hallelujah. This is, a, this is the greatest thing that has happened to us. This is, this is the greatest thing, amen. God has blessed us. God has provided for us. God has shown us miracle after miracle after miracle in our lives, amen. And it's all, I believe it's all building up for a purpose. It's all building up, amen, for something that God wants to do and to work through us, amen. And you may be in a situation in your life saying, God, I don't understand. God, what's going on in my life? I feel like I'm bruised. I feel like I'm beat up. Can you just hold on, my brother? Can you just hold on, my sister? God's got something greater. God's got something bigger in your life. God's got something for you, amen. You may not be able to see it. You may not even be able to believe it for yourself that God is going going to work and do something big in your life. Job said, when he tried me, I shall come out as gold. Let me close off with this short story. There was a boy, he went to a silversmith to learn how silver was refined. The lad, he, he'd read the verse the scripture where it says he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he decided that he wanted to have a true appreciation of that meaning. So, so the, the silversmith explained the process. The silver had to be heated to a certain temperature and kept there for a certain amount of time. And the boy listened to him intently and then he asked, he said, But do you sit and watch the silver as it's being refined? The silversmith said, he said, Yes, I do. For if the heat is exceeded in the slightest degree, the silver will not, it will then be ruined. Then he added with a note of satisfaction, he went on to say, when I can see my face reflected in the molten silver, I know the process of refining has been completed. Can God see himself in your life? I'm still under construction. God is still working on me. But allow the bruising to go forth. Allow the process to go forth. Why? Because he loves you too much not to do it. He loves you enough to try to create his image back inside of you. To see himself so his work can be made manifest through you. Through a process a bruising. Let's all stand. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace, all sufficient, shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold refine. Paul affirmed in 1 Corinthians, he said, The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. He said, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And to build well, my friends, is to build for eternity. God wants to build something in your life for eternity. Not just for next week, not just to see it be lifted up for a moment and then pass away the following month. 
But God wants to build something in your life that's going to last. It's going to last beyond this gym. It's going to last beyond, beyond this service. It's going to, going to last beyond anybody in this service today. God wants to build something inside of you for eternity. And whether that's receiving the gifts of the Holy Ghost or whether that's to say, God, through the whatever thing I'm going through, Lord, I'm going to come to this altar today. God, and I'm going to commit myself to you once again to say, God, whatever whatever you want to do, Lord, in my life, whatever the process is, God, I trust you, Lord God, to make me into something greater. I trust you, God, to make me into something bigger than myself. I trust you, Lord God, to do the work, amen, to, to make me into your own image. Can you trust the master's hand today? Hallelujah. Yes, God. Let's lift up our hands and our hearts. I feel the Lord. God is talking to somebody. God is, God is wanting to reach out to somebody's heart in life. And, and, and we're gonna, we're just gonna invite everybody up to this altar today. That way, that way nobody's gonna pick out to say this person's going through this or that person's going through that. But we're just gonna all come up to this altar and we're gonna talk to the Lord. And I want to encourage somebody. You may have felt the clouds in your life are beginning to swell. Amen. It seems like the weight is getting too hard to handle. It may seem like you don't understand what may be happening or going on in your life. Uh, can I say, trust the process, my friend. Trust the bruising. Amen. Because God is getting ready. It's going to happen. Whatever you're in, God is going to make the way of escape. Uh, can you lean upon him? Can you trust upon him? Let's cry out to the Lord here in this house today. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voice. Lift up our heart to him. Hallelujah.